Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Peace, Peace, Peace. Om Shanti. Ah, gosh, thank you so much. Um, looking forward to this conversation today. Me too. Crash <laughs> and I are neighbors, so we, we get to have many wonderful interactions. Uh, mm -hmm. This one will be for you, for the listener. Uh, Prakash, I want to start out by asking you about yoga. Now, there, I think there's a lot of okay. different definitions that people have. I'm curious how you would define what yoga is. Um, what's important to me about defining yoga is yoga's unity. And I, the way it works in my life is I'm always trying to look for the ways in which my own mind um, can get away from the thought of that unity. And that even in the midst of disagreement, you know, we're all one, basically. So uh, I believe in that, the unity that is yoga. And everything else that we do in, in yoga practice, and I love yoga, all the, the different aspects of integral yoga, um, everything that we do is to bring us back to that unity with one another, the whole of this crazy world and universe. That's what I think about yoga <laughs> in a so, nutshell. In a little so nutshell so I think you, if I understood correctly, even it's important to you, the movement from the thought of the unity into the experience of the unity. Is that what you're saying? 100% because, uh, you know, I can, can talk about philosophy until I turn blue, but uh, what am I doing with all of that? That's what's important to me, how it works in our lives as individuals, not what somebody else dictates to you, but how it's working for you, for me, for everyone. It's up to each one of us to examine that and, and really work the different uh, aspects of yoga to help us look within ourselves and be constantly learning and refining and clarifying and playing, playing with it all. Hmm. So. And one of the things that you're learning is the movement from what the thought into uh, like a felt experience. Is that what you would say? Would you have different words for what is it that you're trying to, to practice? Okay. I'm trying to practice the, basically, I would say Raja Yoga. Raja Yoga is the name for the study of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And I'm sure probably your listeners all know that and you know that. Um, and I, I really take that to heart. I've been studying my 
My father introduced me to the Patanjali Sutras. I think I was either, I was someplace in my teens or my early 20s. I think I was still a teenager. When he shared with me the book, How to Know God, which is Christopher Isherwood and Swami Prabhavananda, and it's the Yoga Sutras. It's a beautiful, if, if anybody is interested, it's really a beautiful little book. It's very easy to read. Some of you probably know who Christopher Isherwood was. He was a very famous writer um, of, of my parents' generation. And uh, he, his guru was Swami Prabhavananda. So they wrote it together. It's lovely. It's simple. It's easy. So that was, that was my first uh, intro to the Yoga Sutras. And I still love that book. My I have two bookshelves here with um, books on the sutras, different books, because I think to really look at it, it's important for us to look at different ways people comment on it. That the I don't want to spend a lot of time repeating things everybody knows uh, if that if they know this, but. Um, what we call Raja Yoga is the study of those sutras. The sutras are very short, simple statements, like a, a sentence. And the, the books, and there's, some of them are very nice, fat books. Some are they're smaller and smaller. Uh, the books are someone's commentary on it. So... Um, when we're studying those sutras, I, if I'm teaching a Raja Yoga class, I like to bring a nice stack of Raja Yoga books. And when we're analyzing it together, we can open, we can say, what did Swami uh, Prabhav Prabhavananda say? Swami Sachidananda said, uh, here's another person, Nishchala Devi. Um, and uh, gosh, I I just heard of another person I respect who had written a commentary. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, just look for them if if you're interested in doing this. And it's nice. To, oh, what did this person say oh, about that sutra? Okay, let's look at how this person spoke about that sutra. And and in that kind of study. And I mean, I do it for myself. I'm not just doing it when I'm in a class. Uh, in that study, we, and looking at different ways people say it, there are things that will jump out to, to you, I think, and say, um, clarify it in a way none of the other commentaries did. But that doesn't mean that commentary is the only commentary. There's a lot of really good ones. And so I, um, I do that. So the study is, to come back to your question, the study is very important to me. I really, when I'm having conflicts in my life, I really like to say, you know, 
am I looking at this situation with ahimsa, which is non-injury, non-violence, non not causing fear and not feeling fear, ahimsa. And it's constant reflection. I'd like to bring things back to that. And I think actually this person, I'm having a conflict with them. Am I thinking kindly of them? Am I coming a little bit out of my head and back into my heart to just feel that connection? We may not see eye to eye or brain to brain, but what's going on in the heart? And I feel that's a beautiful way to deal with conflict, whether with a colleague, with a friend, uh, um, and certainly with a, um, an intimate partner, uh, to come back to that place in the heart. Um, it's a challenge. It's not like something we perfect. Um, maybe. By the end of life, I don't know. But it's it's really worthy of constant reflection and contemplation. And even the I have a chronic illness. I now I've had it for 20 years, but you see, I'm of a certain age, so I had a lot of years without a chronic illness. And when it came upon me, and it came upon me very strong. It really threw me for a loop. I couldn't do asanas, yoga poses, anything. And I really, it really, really messed me up. And for a while, I, uh, and then I began to say, come on, Prakash, you have all the tools. Come on, girl, you can do this. And I began to bring in all those yoga teachings, mostly from, um, well, there's a lot of yoga teachings, but um, coming back to the yoga sutras, there's a lot of helpers in there, I think, for daily life. And I began to be able to come back in touch with myself beyond the physical body. Not that this was some. Um, fabulous ex, uh, transcendent experience. It's just in a very simple way. Come on, I do believe in these teachings. I do believe this. We have a body, we have a mind. We're not the body and the mind. They deserve to be respected and taken care of, though. And I began to really appreciate my body, which was suffering quite a lot, and uh, began to find new ways to work with, um, with it for myself, my particular individual condition and challenges and triumphs. So I just gave you a very long answer, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I'm, I'm, so I'm curious, like, how it works. There's these spiritual texts, you know, take the the yoga sutras and you study it. And like you said, there's, there's, you know, one line, maybe you could provide even, you know, an example of, of a line that, that really means a lot to you. So yeah. going back to what you said about moving, you know, from 
from the mind into an experience or the mind from the from the mind to the heart and that's you know your practice so how does that work exactly like you're studying these texts you you read the translation uh from patanjali and then you read the commentary and then what's the next step is the, the next step you know sitting with it for a while i mean do you allow it to just hit you and allow yourself to have an experience because you know, again, it's interesting that you say the practice is moving from the mind into a full experience or into the heart, right? And then that your your main practice is to study Raja Yoga. And study, I would say, usually you, know, you think of study and you think the mind, the mind is studying, right? But mm-hmm. it's, from what you're saying, you're using the mind to move beyond the mind. Is that right? So can you explain a little bit more of how that process works for you? Well, first of all, it's individual. I know what works for me. um, But um, let's see. Rather than thinking of it being a constant study, I think it, for me anyway, it means to keep trying to live it, live these principles that I believe in. There's one, fa- it's a, so many people's favorite sutra that people start to um, take it for granted, but it's deep, deep, deep. It's the uh, typically referred to as the four locks and the four keys, or I don't know if it's typically, but it's often referred to that way because uh, Swami Satchidananda used to say there's four locks and here are the four keys in that one sutra. And on the surface of it, it sounds simple and you say, okay, I got it. I got it. I'm going to be honest. I'm, or those, these are also not, let's see, let me back up a second. That one sutra, And the yamas and niyamas, which are the ethical teachings. Uh, When we first look at these, they seem, um, okay, I've heard this kind of thing before. And, uh, okay, I got it. I got it. I've, (laughs) I've seen a lot of people study say they studied Raji Yoga and say, yeah, I, I know all that. I know all that. Well, you don't know it all because you haven't taken it in and put it into your life. For, for me, it's living it and not expecting perfection. It, it's to me the this is uh living ongoing study that's why i use the word reflection a lot not just the intellectual study but living it so i i think to myself well i i think i already said it avi just an example when i'm having a conflict with someone i try to look into also i'll hear something people can probably relate to a particular uh politician or uh some other person saying something I really, really, really don't agree with. I don't even know this person. 
why should I be friends with them? But what is it in that that's got me so upset, that's thrown me off base so much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate hearing that kind of stuff. But why is it throwing me off balance? Mm. Because, and that's important. I mean, not that I'm trying to bring myself into an agreement with something, with an opinion I don't like. But the more I can be in balance, and believe me, I'm not always in balance, but the more I can be in balance, the more I can be useful and the more clearly I can look into something and say, is there something I can do to help with this change? You know, there's been a horrible, horrible earthquake at the time we're recording in Morocco. It's terrible. Um, And then there's tragedies where one person dies. Uh, It doesn't make the news as big, but it hurts someone just as much. Anyway, am I going to be completely unnerved by that? And I feel, let my own sense of empathy with the suffering, which I don't want to take it away, um, that feeling of empathy and care. However, is it, am I going to go off balance with that so that I can't clearly see, is there a way I can help here? What can I do? Not what should I do, not what I wish I could do. What can I do? To me, using the these teachings... I hope I'm making some sense here, Avi. To me, using those teachings, all the different teachings from the Yoga Sutras, again and again and again. I've been practiced, I've been doing this for over 50 years, and I'm still not perfect in any way. So um, just looking at a situation and find where am I off balance here? Not what somebody else tells me is off balance. I know, I know, I look inside. I recognize it as soon as it starts to happen. That's why when I mention a politician, there were, we all have those that set off something in us and an indignation and so on. It's fine to want to vote against it, talk against it, and so on. But I need the clarity. I need mental, I do, for sure. I need mental clarity. And I'm not going to get that if I'm not in at least a little bit of balance with it. So you're saying that, you know, you see it as maybe your your primary job or even responsibility to kind of monitor yourself. And so that's like, that's the top uh, in terms of where you want to put your attention. And you see, okay, some external stimulation caused me to go off balance. And I'm noticing myself that I'm out of balance. 
And therefore, my practice is to return to a place of balance, to attempt to. First of all, I think our prim- the primary thing is to be useful to other people, useful in the world, wherever, and in our tiny, tiny, tiny little niches, be as useful as we can uh, to be right, kind. But, but, right. So that's the purpose so behind the monitoring of yourself or doing right, you're right, why right, and also trying to, to be. Yeah. Right. To be a good to instrument, be, yeah, yeah. To be a good instrument, as good an instrument as I can be, and not got to be careful about comparing ourselves to other people. But uh, oh, I can never be as wonderful as Mother Teresa um, or, or whoever comes to mind <clears throat> as someone who might seem perfect. Um, that I, or idea of perf- um, perfection, and we get such something in our minds, and then, but in the midst of our humanity, which is, we as human beings, we can be learned, we can. Um, have many, many, many life experiences. But um, we're human beings and we're subject to some of the human frailties. So even then, I don't think people, I, I also, I aim to not be judgmental with myself when I see that in myself, but to work with it. I, I think I'm not answering your question, Avi. Well, no, uh, you wanted that's, to know that's how a really that... important part is not to, okay. Okay. It's like, so the question is, uh, no, I'm, I'm glad what you brought up here. Cause I think it's really, really important. Okay. So I, something happened that threw me, that throws me off. And so the first step mm-hmm. is, is just awareness that I'm off, <laughs> which I yeah. say is, is already a victory to be aware that. Right. Then my goal is to be, you know, on or as close to on (laughs) as possible, well-balanced, you know, a clean instrument, whatever the words, the words are and why, so that I can serve. Because I believe that if I'm, you know, uh, a clean instrument, if I'm healthy myself, that that's going to, uh, you know, be of the most good to, to others. Okay. And so then it's a matter of, how do I do that? And then you bring up this very important point, I think, because if I'm when I'm off and then I'm aware that I'm off and then I judge myself as being bad mm-hmm. that I'm off. Yeah. What I found and I think maybe all of us find is then that's a spiral into another place that's not going to help me, you know, get back Absolutely. to a state of, state of balance. So I think that point that you make of, of, of the judgment that I can have for myself is such yeah. a barrier between me and actually achieving what I want to achieve. Yeah, absolutely, Avi. Yeah, yeah. And I, want, I think I want, yeah. there's some kind there's some kind of human tendency 
because I've seen it so much in my life. I mean, I've done it too. To find someone that you admire, you see someone you admire, you read a book by someone you admire, you and, and you interact with someone you admire. You think, oh my goodness, they're they're so wonderful. They're so perfect. And um, I want to be like that person. Then you find out mm, the person who is so wonderful. Um, we see this all the time. Sports figures, uh, famous conductors, and others who made a mis big mistake. We all make big mistakes. We human creatures make big mistakes, all of us. Uh, we often don't hear about others' big mistakes, but we all make them. And we make plenty of small mistakes. And to, I think we've got to keep our sense of humor. <laughs> we, you know, it's it's just you know, I um, so many times over the years, newer students uh, coming to meditation have said, "Oh, I've been meditating for a year now, and my mind is still full of this and that and the other thing," and they're just really kind of torturing themselves about how imperfect they are, and. We've got to keep a sense of humor about it. I don't often like to say we've got to, but honestly, that's one I'll say. You've got to keep a sense of humor. The mind is full of stuff. It's not our enemy. It's serving its purpose. But um, to if we focus on what's wrong with ourselves, we're really bringing it out more and more we're also encouraging it it's like there's this monster who's saying um oh you did it this time and you have done this before you did it again you're just stupid that voice if we take it seriously it's like the monster grows mm. in its uh um uh, in its its own purpose, and if we could just say, "Yeah, you're right. I did it again," and have <laughs> some humor. Having humor does not mean you're trivializing something. At mm. least to me, it's have some humor about it and say, "Yeah, look at that. That's my mind. I went there again. I got myself into that mess again." Um, and, okay, if you're going to analyze, first of all, just try to bring out the, you know, a little sense of, okay, uh, that I went to a place that I shouldn't have gone and mentally or whatever. And uh, um, just how can I come back to center? I think the more relaxed we are with our what we're doing in the world, um, the more we 
first of all, advance spiritually and also have fun and adventure and hopefully along the way can be useful to people once in a while. I love this so much. Thank you. I, like, it's really a gift, I think, when um, someone reminds me, that's how I feel, <laughs> to keep things light and playful and have a sense of humor about it all. Uh, it's just something happens within myself where it's, you know, I just kind of like open up and just relax. Like, yeah, like there's me trying to be perfect again. Or there's me judging myself again. Like whatever it is, like you said, you're, you're reminding me of something I heard recently um, about, I think it's the Lakota tribe. And they, they used to have someone who played this role of a, a clown. That was like their role oh, yeah. for, for, for the tribe. And anytime there was a person that, uh, that couldn't be made fun of, this is, this is what I heard, that, that, that was something to look at for the whole clan to look at. Like, why can't we, you know, whether it's the clan chief or the priest or whoever it is, if there's anyone that we can't make fun of, then let's look at that and, and investigate why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yes. I, I certainly am not even close to being extremely knowledgeable about indigenous cultures, but um, from things I've read and also talked to people about the the fool shows up in many many aspects and it's actually uh a holy mm. person uh who does that and even you know we see that in other cultures too in different ways but i love that yes uh and we need to have that within ourselves for sure is that fool that will pop up and say <laughs> You're getting so serious. You are so important. You are the only person who can fix this problem. Blah blah, and it just make fun of all that stuff, and say, "Be here, be human." That's what I just. Once upon a time, I was a I was a swami for seventeen years, and the thing that I most didn't like about it was. Because of my title and the fact that I wore orange, people had a tendency to put me on a pedestal. Mm. I was not ready to be on any kind of, I'm still not. I definitely wasn't ready to be on a pedestal. And they set you apart. Oh, that one can do it. This, uh, But I can't. Poor little me who's not a swami, who doesn't have a fancy title. I can't do it. Just another, the Swami, me in this case, I was another spiritual seeker who had studied a lot and had good intentions, uh, but not someone superior, even slightly superior. I love, it's been said a million times, everybody knows this, but I love it. Baba Ramdas loved to say, we're all just walking each other home. Mm. That is super meaningful to me. And 
I strive to be aware of that with 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 ourselves with within myself am i being open to everyone caring about everyone even if they believe differently and and um I I want to keep that openness of heart and openness of mind that I can listen to other people and learn from other people. Even if we're in completely different philosophies, but if when people are sharing and listening to one another, there's so much richness in that. Um so I much prefer to being a Swami, being a regular person in the world, um, because um, I, I don't I don't want to be on any kind of pedestal. We sh- or we'll all we should all be on the same pedestal, not a, <laughs> a my own pedestal. I mean, no. We all are on the same pedestal. <laughs> Yes, yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I've um heard you speaking about the importance of of honesty and vulnerability. And I'm considering that in in what you're sharing and the importance of being aware of it, right? And I noticed that there's a real tendency uh to to rank human beings, especially in the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I've heard people speak and speak about it almost um, to kind of put themselves down, like this other person, you know, is so far beyond me, and uh, you know that's great for them. I'll probably never get there. This is where I'm mm-hmm. at. You know, yeah, that's it. And I'm just I'm wondering if this this is another trap of the mind that the mind does is is and, and the ego. Of thinking that it is even possible for me to rank human beings and where they're at, you know, spiritually. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't do that because in the same way, I can't look at, you know, I hear someone's having challenges in their marriage, for instance. I can't look at that marriage and say, well, it looks to me like so-and-so is doing this and -and so-and-so is doing that. I have no idea. We don't know what happens in the intimacy, not just physical, but also the the psychological and uh, the complex intimacy of a marriage. I can never look into somebody else's and figure out what's happening. I can never know it. I can hear what people say to me, but I can't know. And we also, human beings, are really complex. Every one of us. 
I don't care what your education is, um, what your experience is. We're all complex. And that's, I mean, also, I want to say I've been doing, I've been a yoga practitioner and even teacher for a very long time. But I have learned some of the greatest things from people who were brand new, who would look at everything with a fresh eye. Or I like to, when I'm teaching, I like it to be in a class where people can ask questions, we can have conversation, because I love fresh ideas. I don't want to just be reading my old notes again and again and again I make it fresh keep it bright mm-hmm. it's like eating every day you know, fresh ideas and some of them you know i think well that's fine for them not it doesn't work for me but fine for them but um truly 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 be open if you can to the the gems of wisdom or the seeds of wisdom that come to us in so many little as well as big ways. That's, um, I think it's very important. Yeah. I think uh, your emphasis on remembering that human beings are really complex, Mm -hmm. uh, it feels very important to me. No, there's a little story that popped into my head that um, when I was younger, I used to love uh, Rabbi Shlomo Karabach. I don't know if you know who that is, but he used to tell- I certainly do. I I know him very, I did know him very well. Yeah. Yeah. So he he used to tell this story uh, about uh, Yasala the miser, it was called. And I'll try to be brief with it, but I think nope. it's powerful. Um, so I love in, stories, Avi. Tell your story. <laughs> yes. uh, so it was, you know, back in Eastern Europe somewhere in uh, Shtetl, which is, you know, a little little Jewish mm-hmm. community and very, very poor community. And there was one man that was very wealthy and his name was Yesla. And uh, for years, people would come to him and they 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 would come to his house and and he would greet them very openly and and give them food and drink and have them sit down and and ask them about themselves and the, and their story and they would tell them all about their lives and tell them all about their lives and and at the end you know often they would say you know yasla please if you could you know spare you know uh whatever the denomination is you know uh, you know a hundred dollars or or I don't, I don't know uh, that would mean so much to me and my family. And as soon as they brought that up, um, he would be, you know, outraged. How dare you ask me for money? And uh, and he would kick him out of their house and you know would say obscene things to them. And he did this Ooh. again and again, um, and developed the reputation of being called a miser because he wouldn't give anything. And years passed of this. And, uh, and he died and he had made so many enemies that they didn't even bury him in the cemetery, which is like, you know, the ultimate insult that you could have. They buried him outside of the cemetery. And, and so, 
after he died, the rabbi of the community, he started to get these visitors that came to his home. And they would tell him that, Rabbi, I'm just in such hard times. And um, can you please help me out? Is there any way that you can help me out? And, you know, the first person that came, the rabbi, uh, say, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, I'm not a wealthy man either, but, you know, here you could take a little bit of what I have. And then the next person came and the next person came and, and he was like, what, what is going on? You know, that all of a sudden at one time, so many people are coming and he started to ask them questions and, and he found out that every week, you know, before the Sabbath, uh, like a parcel with some food and some money would arrive at these people's doors and they wouldn't tell anyone about it. They just kind of accepted, accepted it gratefully, didn't know it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they find out that Yasla was giving to everyone, you know, every single week. Wow. This is what he would do, but he wanted it to be secretive. He didn't want anyone to know. So that's why he asked all the questions. He would know exactly what everyone needed and then he would give it to them. And the rabbi realized like, oh my gosh, <laughs> This person that we were calling a miser was really, you know, such a saintly being, you know. And, um, so I just that that story I think just comes to me when you when you talk about how how complex human beings are, and yeah. the mind seems to have a tendency to to want to judge and 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 believe that it can know, you know, where someone's at one way or another. Uh, and so I don't know about you, but I I have this practice that I'm working on all the time, and it's just humbling myself. It's humbling my mind when I think when I think I can know, when I think I can make a judgment of someone else that I don't really know. I think that's beautiful, and thank you for telling one of Rabbi uh, Shlomo's stories. I he did you ever meet him? I did a few times, actually. It's interesting. It's one of the earliest memories I have when I was a child. He came and uh, he played a little concert in my house, in my living room. Um, My family was kind of involved in that that community growing up. And I I just remember, like, I think he put me on on his lap and I just remember how it felt to to be with him. Um, It was was a burst of extreme love that I had never experienced before that, uh, that stayed with me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the opportunity to uh, meet him and sometimes be a hostess to him a number of times Mm -hmm. and uh, a beautiful soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a beautiful story, Avi. Thank you. Thank you. And um, just (laughs) that. That uh, a beautiful way of dealing with our ego wanting to pop up. Oh, did they notice what I did? Did they tell somebody what I did? Um, uh, my wonderful, uh, kind gesture to the world. Did they tell people? And you, but if I love that idea of just. Low key, keep it low key, and uh, watch out for that. The ego is not our enemy. Sometimes people talk about it as if it's our enemy. It's but it's a tool. It shouldn't be in charge. So it's kind of like uh, maybe AI in a way. <laughs> it's it's a, a tool, good tool, but uh, it should not be in charge. So. Um, the ego should not be in charge. So 
it's uh, really good to be aware when that starts to come up and say, did anybody notice what a wonderful talk I gave? Did they hear that I helped this person who was in pain? You know, the ego does all kinds of stuff like that. And um, it's fine. We don't need to push it away, but just say, uh, again, that sense of humor, have a sense of humor. And I think if um, you mentioned that it's, do a, what that it's we a do. tool, so it can be productive in some way. Can you speak a little bit more yeah. to that? Like you're like, how do you feel that your, your ego is a positive tool for, for us? Well, it's our individual sense. It's our eye sense. And um, please, I don't know all the uh, Jungian philosophy or really any philosophy about that, except that the ego, that eye sense, which is important for functioning. You know, otherwise, there's no reason for us to talk here today. We're all one. We've got all that inside us, but um, as in our human form, we exchange ideas and we help one another. And um, um, I don't pretend to totally understand it, but I do think of that as a tool. And I like to think what are my strengths um what are my weaknesses and uh, you know i have weak i have plenty of weaknesses believe me but i try not to let them um i try not to let that hold me back in my path uh, and I think the eye sense helps where what's as long as we have minds, we have brains and so on. We, it's important to use these tools we've been, we've been given. Um, and I think when we reflect on what is disturbing me. What is bringing joy in up in me? That's the the I. That's the ego that is looking at that mm. and identifying with those things. So as long as we're using it, and that's not uh, um, it's not in charge. Mm. That's all. I love this, you know, looking at it yeah. as, as, as a tool. And like what I'm considering now is, you know, is, is, is the tool of the ego or separation, right? It kind of, does it play on top of the, the oneness? Like the oneness is, is true that we are all connected to each other, you know, but then there's the separation on top of that and the ego and, and how I use that tool does it have an effect on the totality, on the oneness? Well, the oneness is actually above that tool. It's above that. Um, and 
the the real, real, full feeling and understanding of oneness and the greatness of the universe, of God, however we like to think of that, is beyond the mind's grasp. So the mind itself is our tool, of course. Um, a great tool, wonderful, wonderful tool. And we uh, like to keep it as sharp and clear as we can. Um, it's very full of stuff, but um, it, it can take us really far. Our, our sharp intellect and so on can really take us deep. And the real um, fullness of everything is beyond the grasp of the mind. It just the um, it's like the um, rocket ship. The mind is the ship that takes you far, far, far up into the um, um, Star Trek universe or wherever people are going. Um, but at a certain point, you have to, it, the part of it drops away and you just need to go beyond i don't know if that was clear but anyway I, I the mind is a fabulous fabulous thing but it can't under it cannot grasp it you know there's a um oh gosh uh, it's in one of the psalms that um uh, it says something like it might be Psalm 139. I can't remember. Uh, it, there's something like uh, it's uh, David is talking to God in the psalm. It's a psalm of David. He um, he says something like, uh, "Your your greatness is so much. I can never. I can't grasp it. I can never understand it." And in similar ways, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says the same thing to, I mean, not Krishna, but Arjuna says the same thing to Lord Krishna. It, at a certain point, he has just says that it's beyond. It, Krishna gives him a full experience, and it's too much for Arjuna's limited understanding to uh, handle and he start he really um, uh, gets way off balance to say the least uh, so and then so then Krishna brings it back to um, back to earth back to the problem they're working on but um so the ego, the mind, we have so many wonderful tools. And not, I really don't like when people talk about it as an enemy, mm. any of these things. These are um, 
in my um, belief, I'm not saying everybody believes this way, in my belief, these are God-given tools. How could it be to, otherwise? Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, to try to say, oh, that tool God gave me is nothing. <laughs> uh, that's really uh, very not not very respectful or gracious. Mm. Say, I, okay, I don't know how to use this um, screwdriver, but it's here in my toolkit. Why don't I find out how I can best use it? Oh, love that without destroying it. I don't want to destroy it. How how does this work? What what does this go into? You know what? What uh, screw? I'm clearly not a handy person, but I've used screwdrivers. So, what, what screw head does this go into? And then, how do I use it? And so on. That's. I think of it that way. Yeah. Ah, Prakash, thank you so much uh, for sharing today, and and uh, for your practice. You know. Because I feel your heart, and that's such a gift. Oh. Every time I'm I'm around you, I feel your heart. So something I, something you're doing appears to be <laughs> very beneficial as far as this one's perspective. I'm I'm under construction always, <laughs> always. Well, that's a but, part of it. Uh, that's a part of what I yes. feel is 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 you're emphasizing that um, that that's very uh, refreshing. Thank you, Avi. Yeah, I think um, also, you know, part of realize the knowledge that you're not better than anybody else. Nobody's that. Also, nobody's better than you. We're all humans in here. Um, I think part of it also is being open to hearing where our missteps might be, our misunderstandings might be, um, and being whether I'm hearing it from another person or suddenly being aware of it as I look, why did that affect me so much? And why am I so mad? You know, yeah. To look at it and see, find out, where I'm missing some understanding. I, I always appreciate it if people point things out to me. Um, so I think being open to that, we're all growing and changing. I'm a lot older than you, Avi, and uh, I still am learning, studying, growing. Um, so. I probably will be all my life. It keeps keeps our lives interesting. Yeah. yeah. Embrace the never ending, <laughs> never ending, <laughs> yeah. hopefully progression. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Thank you so much, Reverend Prakash. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.